Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's a dream growing up to get your own baggy green and, and wear it in a test match. Yeah, we're really going to celebrate this one. It's fantastic to bring the Ashes home. That was just an incredible experience. To win the Ashes back is awesome. It's a, it's a dream if in a test match, but then to also get a hat-trick. Put that hat on, I think. I'm not overly materialistic, but as a possession, certainly the baggy green is, is my absolute favourite. If you're given the opportunity to wear a baggy green, it's a really special occasion. A lot of great memories we'll take from this, yeah, onwards here for, for the Southern Stars. Hello and welcome to Baggy Green Queens, a series by The Scoop podcast, celebrating the stories and people behind some of the most iconic moments in women's Ashes history. This episode is brought to you by Combank, proud supporters of female game changers. Combank has partnered with women's cricket for 22 years and is committed to creating more opportunities for girls of all ages to play, compete and learn through cricket. I'm Laura Jolly. And I'm Emily Collin. Ahead of the 2022 Women's Ashes Series, we're taking a dip into the archives to explore the rich history of the rivalry between Australia and England and revisit some of the most magical moments in the 90-year history of the Women's Ashes. Our second Baggy Green Queen's guest is former Australian captain Rayleigh Thompson, who shares a few incredible tales, not least the remarkable come-from-behind story of Australia's 1985 Ashes Series victory. Rayleigh, much like our first subject of Baggy Green Queen's and fellow Victorian Betty Wilson, has lived an extraordinary life. Not only did Rayleigh play international cricket for Australia from 1972 until 1985, she also forged an incredibly successful career with the Victoria Police, working as a fingerprint expert and a senior sergeant in a career that spanned nearly 20 years. Fearsome fast bowler and industry-leading policewoman, what an absolute game-changer. Baggy Green Queen. Yeah, she's a definite Baggy Green Queen. So before we get to Rayleigh and hear all about her incredible life... Let's set the scene a little bit around how the Ashes rivalry was poised heading into the 1984 and 1985 series that ended up being a career-defining series for Rayleigh Thompson. The Aussies were not enjoying quite the same dominant run that they have at other times in their history at that point. Australia actually hadn't won a test against England since 1951, so it had been more than 30 years. So the first of the five test series was held at the WACA and ended in a draw, and it was in that test that captain Sharon Treadray injured her Achilles tendon, meaning that Ray Lee, our guest on today's show, had to stand in as skipper. England then won the second test at Adelaide Oval by five runs 
and the third at the Gabba was a draw. So the odds of Australia reclaiming the Ashes were starting to look pretty slim. But then they managed to win the fourth test at Gosford, setting up a fifth and deciding one in Bendigo. Yep, so Bendigo is actually the same Victorian town where the first recorded Australian women's cricket game was ever played in 1874. We're not going to spoil too much because Rayleigh tells the story far better than we ever could. But there was a big crowd in at Bendigo who got to witness Australia win back the Ashes after more than 30 years, even despite a distractive bout of gastro that sidelined more than a few of Australia's players. Yeah, it's an absolutely cracking story. So here's Aussie game changer, World Cup winner and former Test captain Rayleigh Thompson. And we are absolutely thrilled to be joined in the studio today by former Australian captain Rayleigh Thompson. Rayleigh played 39 matches in the green and gold in a stellar career spanning from 1971 until 1985. Rayleigh, it's a pleasure to have you in the studio here today. Thank you for joining us. Are you ready to take a trip down memory lane? Sure. Anytime. (laughs) So, as you know, we're here today to talk about in particular, the fifth Ashes Test in Bendigo in 1984. But first, we'd love to get a bit of a background about your upbringing in Shepparton and how you found your way into the Australian team in the first place. It all came about when I was at high school. We went actually when I first started it. Didn't start cricket until I was in form five, I think mm-hmm. it was. And the um, phys ed teacher Paddy Beckwith brought it in. Up until then, we played Vigoro, which was a, a Vigoro. It's a <laughs> It's a type of a of, of a cricket game. Okay. You're playing you're playing on a cricket pitch. Nice. You've got two rubber balls, one's red, one's white. They, you bowl from the one end and yeah. then as you hit the ball, you've got to run. Is it like with a bowling action? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yes. Nice. Um, and she thought that to bring in cricket, at least some you could go somewhere if you were good at it. I didn't know that there were state teams mm-hmm. or Australian teams or anything at that stage, but that, that's when I first started playing. Nice. And so give us a sense of what it was like to be a woman growing up playing cricket and finding your way into the national team. Like we've heard a lot of stories about, you know, those crazy tours, you don't get paid much, you're working at the same time, trying to balance balance everything in your life. How did you find that balance? Well, it took a few years, of course. There was nowhere else mm. to play. So you played at high school. We did play into school cricket. We were pretty good at that. I, I did come down to Melbourne once and, and played on a Saturday morning, but that was rare. Mm. I, I was When I left school, I worked at Marutna Base Hospital for a while in the pathology department. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came to Melbourne. When I came to Melbourne, I was 20. I was fortunate enough to meet Dawn Ray, who was a present Collingwood cricketer, okay. club cricketer. Yeah. But she'd also played for Victoria in Australia. So I was introduced to her and and I started playing for Collingwood that next season, which was um, 1966, I think it was, and I was 21. Wow. So it it went on from there. Initially I I just played club cricket Mm -hmm. and I must have started getting a few wickets, a few runs and whatever because I got into... um, you know, like the the squad from which the team was picked. And in 68, 69, I think it was, I think that, that was the year that the English come out. And, and we, when I say we, another couple of friends and I, close friends with Lorraine Hill and Margaret Jennings, mm-hmm. we all got into the Vic Seconds at the nice. same time. 
So then from there we got into the Vic Firsts and then we went on to get into the Australian team, but that was four and five years later, six years later. So it was a long process, a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work. Um, It didn't cost me much money then in those days, but once you started getting into Australian things, that changed and you really did need more money. So we heard that you're in the you're in the you were in the police force. Yeah. Was that at the same time that you were playing cricket? Well, that was one reason why I joined the police force was because it was um, equal pay straight right. away. And I went from earning about forty dollars a week at at um, the Fairfield Hospital, oh, the hospital where I worked at in the pathology department, the biochem department. I went from the forty dollars a week to over a hundred dollars a week. Just by building the police force and getting equal pay. And then I'd only been in there a couple of weeks, a month or so, and we got a, a big pay rise. So I thought I was a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> and, boy, it did it, it certainly help pay for a lot of expenses because it was the yeah. next year after that, then a couple of years of me joining the police force, was when we went to England for the World Cup in yeah, okay. three. So, yeah, that and they, I, I was asked... Um, when I was uh, interviewed for the for the police force, was the pay one of the you know oh, attractive yeah. things about? Yeah. I said yes, it was. Oh, you can be honest. So, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And so we heard that you finished up a senior sergeant, and that you were working with uh, fingerprint analysis too. Is that right? Yep. Yep. I finished up. I think I was there for seventeen years, or and uh, I was a fingerprint expert. Could give. Um, fingerprint evidence in court, and I was a senior sergeant. And they were always very happy to, like, they were happy if you went over on a tour to England or a World Cup. They were happy for you to take that time away from being yes. in the police most force. Of, most of the time, I I used up all my leave. And yeah, okay. Leave. So there weren't many holidays. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it, a lot of it was taken up playing. Yeah, and you, you can imagine. I worked out once with all the time that that you take off using your holiday, the money you paid for the trips and the airfares. Goodness. It, it would have come into, you know, like $50,000 in those yeah, days. Yeah, goodness me. $50,000 in these That's days. That's a lot in any day. Yeah. So you, you can see how much yeah. you had to pay out. Mm. But I, I wouldn't have changed All anything. worth it? Oh, the people you meet, the places you see, you can't, you can't kind of put yeah. it. And worth on it, can you? Hundred percent. And do you think your experience in the police force sort of helped your experiences on the cricket field, like sort of even your leadership qualities and things like that? Probably. Well, towards the end, the the responsibilities of coaching, which I was doing at EMP, um, playing, um, not so much the captaincy because I only had that for a short while, but um, the the work that I did and being a boss at. at um, Fingerprints. I seem mm. to be bossing every day. Where's your down? Yeah, <laughs> good experiences. And so let's get a sense of Rayleigh, the cricketer. You were a fast bowler, is that right? What were your What were your strengths on the cricket field? That's a good question. <laughs> I suppose the fast bowling, but it always helped that with Australia. I had Sharon. She was also a Victorian. It was great. Um, I suppose. Using your nails, your common sense, mm-hmm. 
I was always pretty quiet in the field, never really spoke that much, um, particularly not when I was bowling, and I certainly didn't sledge. But <laughs> it always comes back much on the... Did many of your teammates? Any sledges in the team? No. No? No. Yeah. Sharon used to sledge a bit towards the end of her career. <laughs> Certainly not at the beginning because she was pretty quiet too. Yeah. I, I suppose my well, I was a reasonable fielder. Mm-hmm. I love playing. Yeah. So just go out and do your best. And what did you love about playing test cricket and what did it mean to you to, to play for Australia? I'd always um, had the ambition when I was a kid that I wanted to wear the big white V. That was the... <laughs> the overriding thing that I always thought about and wanted to do. Um, And then to think that you could play for Australia after that, well, you know, that was enticing. (laughs) So uh, the other other two and myself, we we kind of thought that we we could get there. And then when we did, it's really fantastic. It's... um, Mm. It makes you realise how proud you are of the country and, and you get quite patriotic. Mm. You'd stand up and they play the national anthem. Well, we used to cry. Oh. <laughs> because um, it, it just it just moved you and yeah. it still does to a certain degree. And it's not just me, it's other members of the Australian team that I've spoken to since and it's not just my friends mm. either. So it, it does, it gets you. Very special. Mm. And from a logistics point of view, what was a women's cricket tour or series like back in your day? Like we see, we see what it's like today with the, the current team. They, it's like a well-oiled machine, like everything just runs to a T. What was it like in your day? Did you team managers and how did it all work? Well, there was the team, yeah, which was generally, what, 14 in a team, about three or four reserves, oh. the manageress, and that was it. <laughs> So if you wanted to do anything or get anything done, it was the manageress who did it all. And she was, I don't know how they did it. We didn't have all the admins. <laughs> Very and, different and today. The support staff. And, you know, look, we go to the cricket now and we see there's about, what is it, about eight or nine of them. They've all got their uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do the girls do the, for themselves? <laughs> they don't do any washing. <laughs> they made you do the washing, yeah, buy your own uniforms. Definitely not doing their washing these days. <laughs> no. um, we also were in cattle class on plane and we were two and three to a room in, oh, in some yeah. hotels. And I remember in India we were. And we, we were falling over each other. <laughs> but, yeah, that, you know, that you don't really notice that. Mm. We, and we didn't know any different. When you look back and you think, oh, my God, look what they've got now. <laughs> it's a bit different. I'm sure there are probably some funny memories that you can look oh, back on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so looking back at that 84-85 series, England had had the Ashes since 1963 and Australia hadn't won a test against the English since 1951. Do you remember much about the period heading into that test series and how desperate were the team to to get a win back over England? I can't recall us talking about that at all. We might have, but it wasn't anything Mm. that was laid out in front of us like the President and the Secretary and people like that Mm. who who I knew really well because they were Victorian. Nothing was ever said to us, look, come on, girls, do something. We haven't won for 
51 years or whatever it was. And you mentioned Sharon Treadray injured her Achilles and was ruled out for the rest of that series and it was up to you to take over as captain. Do you remember how you felt about that news and you were ready to take it on? No, I wasn't. <laughs> um, the news came out and I met with, with um, I was a selector at that time, with my fellow selectors. Um, Anne Mitchell was there, the manageress, and they said, well, you'll have to do it. I said, oh, I don't want it. And they said, well, they had to talk me into it. They, they talked about experience, this and that, and you are the vice captain. So I took it and just ran with it. Ran with it. Mm. Turned out pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. So it was a pretty, um, it's a bit of a roller coaster of the series. England won the second test in Adelaide. The third at the Gabba was a draw. And then there was that uh, remarkable win in Gosford for the fourth test. And we've seen some photos of the team mm. reacting to that win. How special was that win in Gosford? That win, that was really special. I remember we we didn't win a toss at all in those tests. Mm. Anyway, came to this fourth test and we lost it again. Again. <laughs> and they said, oh, we'll bowl. And I thought, what's wrong with, with the pitch? And we went out and had a look. There seemed nothing wrong. And I, I was extremely happy to bat first because we'd always had a theory that to win a test in four days, you had pretty much had to declare on the first day considering what the score was. So we declared and put them in. And I must admit that I had full confidence in our bowling attack. There was me, Debbie Wilson, who was a right-arm fast bowler. Denise Martin was a fast, medium, left-arm left, left arm bowler. Mm-hmm. We had Lefty Fulston, who was the slow. And then we had Peter Verko, who, mm-hmm. who bowled off, off breaks. I thought we could do pretty well here. And other than the first innings in, in Perth, they hadn't made a score anywhere near that. Yeah. So I was pretty happy or confident that we could get them out, you know, for a reasonable score. And then we batted again. We could get them out again. There you go. And you ended up winning by 117 runs to set up oh, a... Oh, I didn't set that many. <laughs> set up a fifth test decider. Do you remember that sort of heading into that match that was going to be in Bendigo, which quite close to where you grew up I grew up in Shepparton. It was nice to return back to regional Victoria to play a test match. Yes, it was actually. And there was lots of publicity before. So that, that was good and it was a, a nice build-up and we still wanted to bat first yep. and... and do everything and it turned out we didn't bat first they won the toss again <laughs> and this time they batted but yeah it was lovely playing in the country and it was nice that it was near Shepparton because yeah. it allowed my dad to come across from Shep to um, Bendigo one just one of the days nice. he came and watched very nice that was the, about the one and only time that he ever saw me play very special mm. have you had much luck tossing coins in the days since or um, well, um, I think I did. Yeah, to be honest. just it was just that series. <laughs> it was just that couldn't test. win a toss. So, as you said, Jen Southgate won her fifth toss, mm-hmm. and you were sent in for a bowl again. Yep. Do you remember the conversations that you were having with your bowling group into, leading into that innings? No, probably. Um, other than you know, get them out, bowl it, bowl it. Uh, keep the ball up mm-hmm. and on stumps and I'll have the field for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely worked because um, we went through the scorecard and you had Jan Britton at 16, um, Jacqueline Court for five, 
Jan Southgate caught in bowl for 59, had England in a fair bit of trouble and you finished in the end with a career best five for 33 and England were all out for 196. Did the team feel pretty good at that point? I can't say that we would have felt pretty good. I think we were happy that they didn't get too many more and that I think the most pleasing aspect of it was that we got them out in that one day. Yep. Yeah, because they did have a tendency if they batted first mm. to bat to keep going to keep going. You know, laissez-faire cricket, I call it. <laughs> <laughs> so five for thirty-three for yourself. Do you remember? Was that just a day where everything was going right for you? Yes, it did. Yeah, um, even the court and bowl, which came back at me. It's very hard sometimes to to judge <laughs> catches court and bowls, and I nearly did drop it. But <laughs> I hang on to it. Very good. Mm. And then it was time for a bat. So Peter Verko, Denise Emerson and Jill Kinnair, they led the charge. Australia, you took the lead and you made the call to declare nearly 100 runs in front. And then it was time for England's second innings and you were able to restrict them to five for 140 before stumps. After stumps, that was when it all <laughs> happened. Oh, chaos I, unfolded. <laughs> I don't know what um, we'd eaten or what. We'd been given to eat, but there were a lot of people in the test match, like umpires, manageresses, coordinator people, at least probably half a dozen on, on in the Aussie team. Goodness. And probably yeah. as nearly as many in the English team. Mm. They all got gastro overnight and some of them were really, really sick. Like I was rooming yeah. with Lynn Larson. She was really bad. Jill Kinnear, the main run getter, she was really bad. Karen Reid. And then there were others that that had it and mm. weren't too bad. But we had to field, get those last five wickets out and field with three substitute fielders. And we were lucky we had the 12th <laughs> girl. She was fine. Yep. Another squad member, she was fine. And there was a Victorian player mm. who was watching who happened to have her whites there. <laughs> Thank goodness. It's crazy. <laughs> yes. And so she fielded as well. So with these three newbies in the <laughs> field, we did very well to get the five wickets. Goodness. Do you remember being panicked or what was the uh, mood yes. around the squad? Everyone was like, oh, my God, what's happening? Like, how are we going to do this? Yeah, well, I, I was more worried that not about the bowler because our, we were lucky that the bowlers were, were, were still there. Yeah. Um, I was more worried about when we had to bat again with with Jill and Karen and Lynn. By the time that they'd rested mm. and <laughs> whatever, they came out and batted very well. That's very impressive from them. It was. Yeah, so it was, I think the chase was 116 runs needed to win and did Lynn and, and Jill have to come out and bat? Emerson and Virgo weren't. Kinnear was. Okay. Reed was. It's amazing. <laughs> they came out and were able to bat. Yeah. I know. Particularly um, Jill Kinnear. Was there a team doctor or was there any medical staff on hand? No? Did you have to deal with it yourselves? Well, I think we did. The really bad ones might have gone to see yeah. a doctor and yeah. might have somewhere along the line have taken them before play on, the, on that last day. All I know is that I was so sick and I was oh. so worried. Were you worried? Yeah. When the the actual um, thing finished, you've seen those pictures in here. Um, Hilly and I, we were crying, I think, for the next three or four hours. Wow. I could not stop. Oh, um, my goodness. And I, I think it was just the relief of everything. My yeah, over. did it. Yeah, um, wow. Yeah, I can't it imagine. Was. And so 
you reclaimed the ashes after 20 years. That must have felt pretty satisfying that you took over the captaincy after the first test and well, got them back. Well, when I look back on it, it means even more. It's funny about that. <laughs> and how were the celebrations after you, after that win, Rayleigh? Do you remember the mood in the dressing room? We were all pretty stoked. I think so. Other than me, he was too busy crying. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember there was a... Um, there was a dinner that night nice. that we went to and I think I was still crying. <laughs> <laughs> and at about one o'clock in the morning, I don't know how come I was talking to the manageress, but I must have gone to the room and I said, oh, I am so hungry. I want something. Because <laughs> I couldn't eat oh. at all and oh. it was a horrible. I actually didn't enjoy it. At all. Oh, no. But anyway, at one o'clock in the morning, I'm up in the main street of Bendigo eating pizza. <laughs> That's one way to celebrate a Nash's win. <laughs> and all the sick players, were they able to join in the celebrations? I think they were, yes. By that time, they were still seedy. Um, they were got over most of the gastro. It was certainly a test to recall. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nothing, nothing kind of what was nice about it oh, other than the Other end. than the win. <laughs> God, you won. At least it ended with a, yeah. a good note. And how... How does that rank amongst some of the other things you achieved in your career with World Cups and, and everything? Yeah, I think uh, in the end, because we, we won it and had to come from behind and and then all that, that kerfuffle in the, the Bendigo test, mm. it's it's very rewarding. I get chuffed about it, I must admit. As you should. Yeah. yeah. And we know you still obviously love your cricket and you spend a lot of time at Essendon Maribyrnong Park Cricket Club here in Melbourne. How special are the relationships you've been able to form through your time in the game? Really good because Lorraine Hill and Mark Jennings and myself who got into all the teams, we're still out in the balcony watching the uh, EMP play even now. And the the real young kids, there's a couple of Mm. 13, 14-year-olds that I'm mentoring at the moment. And they call us May 13. <laughs> not, not the oldies or the cricket tragics or May 13. May 13. So things yeah. get a bit wild. <laughs> well, they don't. <laughs> we sit there and every now and again there might be some yelled out words of advice. Play straight. Or... Oh, God. And so you still follow the Aussie women's team pretty closely, mm-hmm. still keep pretty close tabs on them. And were you were you at the MCG on the night of March 8th for the I T20 was, World Cup yeah, final? Yes, I certainly <laughs> Enjoy was. that one? Yes, it was lovely. Yeah, it would have been. Mm. Were you in the Guard of Honour? Yes, I was. Oh, wow. Wow. We were there, both of you? Yeah. We were. One of the greats. One of the great nights. And so do you have any predictions for this summer's women's ashes? Do you think the Aussies will keep it in our, our clutches? Yeah, I think they will because of uh, their... Um, prowess in, in one day as in mm. T20s, mm. pretty good. Well, will you try and get along to any of the matches? Um, I won't get to Perth, but I will. No. We're going to Marnica. Oh, nice. Oh, fun. Same, same, <laughs> same crew? Definitely. Beautiful. Well, Rayleigh, we are so grateful that you came and spoke to us today about a very memorable Ashes Ash series and all the best for watching the cricket this summer. And, yeah, thank you so much for chatting with us. I'm sure the fans will love to hear about this chapter in Aussie cricket history. Oh, thanks for talking to me. Like, It's great to um, to talk to someone about things like that. 
It's a dream growing up to get your own baggy green and, and wear it in a test match. Yeah, we're really going to celebrate this one. It's fantastic to bring the Ashes home. That was just an incredible experience to win the Ashes back is awesome. It's a, it's a dream if in a test match, but then to also get a hat trick. Put that hat on. I think I'm not overly materialistic, but as a possession, certainly the baggy green is my absolute favourite. If you're given the opportunity to wear a baggy green, it's a really special occasion. A lot of great memories we've had from these.